Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, and today's guest is Judy Burnett, and Judy is a Colorado native and is a mountain girl at heart. She loves writing mystery and suspense thrillers with a canine flair from her small ranch southeast of Denver, where she dotes on her horses, complains about her cows, and writes to create a home for her imagining inspired by life in the country. Jody fosters her creative side of writing. She also does watercolor painting, quilting, and crafting stained glass. She's a member of the Novelist Inc. and Sisters in Crime. Jody, welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. Thank you so much for having me, Jeanette. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to you because I know that there are probably some closet writers or individuals who maybe have had thoughts about publishing a book. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about the backstory. I'm always interested in the backstory. So how did you fall upon this chapter in your life where you're experiencing all this writing, all these heat of juices flowing, and you're really taking action on it? Can you share a little bit about your background? You bet. I didn't always want to be a writer. So many writers say, I've always wanted to be a writer, but that isn't me. I am very creative. I have a very active imagination, but I was more of an artist. I preferred to draw or paint and that kind of thing growing up, but I always have loved stories. So I used to play make-believe. I lived in my make-believe world when I was little up until it was socially awkward to still play make-believe. So I just put the stories inside my mind. And then I have four kids. And when I was raising them, I told them stories, of course, but still wasn't writing. It wasn't until my first two started spreading their wings and leaving for college or work and leaving home. And I was devastated. I didn't know what to do. That was who I was. I was mom. And what was I going to do when my kids were gone? And I just would complain and cry to my husband who just graciously listened. But eventually he says to me, maybe you should write a book about your experience of this empty nest syndrome that you're going through. And I did indeed write a book, but it wasn't that one. I think what he really wanted was seven easy steps to stop complaining to your husband about <laughs> empty nest syndrome. But I ended up writing a fiction book about a woman whose children were leaving indeed, but that's where the connection stopped. Then there's a little bit of intrigue and some drama going on. And I just fell in love with the process of writing. And so that was my very first book. It's no longer on Amazon. Amazon, I took it down because it needs to be rewritten as most first books do. Then I just kept writing. I love it. I love writing. It's a great place to play and make-believe. It's a grown-up make-believe. It's a beautiful thing. I never proclaimed to be a writer. I decided that in my next chapter, I had something to say. So it was painstaking. It's a daunting task. The first one, for sure. 
because you have no idea. There's no class that says, here's how you write a book. So you just have to fumble through it. And it takes lots of years, that first one. And then now I publish three books a year. So it's a skill you can learn. And it's something that you can get better at and learn to speed up the process. And everybody has a book in them, whether or not they want to write it or do anything with it. But I think if you're thinking about writing a book, do it. I did it. And I got it self-published on Amazon. Nice. So tell me a little bit more, because in your books, I noticed that there generally is a female lead with a male partner of sorts. And then there's a dog. My first series, I was trying to write romantic suspense and found that I was leaning heavier on the suspense, less into the romance. I've steered away from that. But in the second two series that I have, they're both canine series. So one is an FBI series and the other, the series I'm currently writing in has a single female lead throughout the whole series. So it's her going on different adventures. She becomes a U.S. Marshal. And so that's really fun for me. I can take her all over the country and do lots of different jobs. So it makes it more interesting for me to write her. But yeah, I'm trying to think two of the FBI series books have a male lead with sort of the female sidekick, if you will. It's not really a sidekick, but love interest usually. But yeah, strong women who need to be out there. They know That's what they're doing. Inspiring. <laughs> so how much research do you have to do as it relates to what you write about? A lot. I have to do a lot of research. I really want to nail the law enforcement piece. I want to do that justice. I don't want to write something that's incorrect. So I've done a lot of like citizens academies and interviewed nine police officers and that kind of thing to really, really get it right. Of course, there's literary license, especially with the FBI piece. I interviewed one FBI agent in the very beginning. He was a nine agent with the hostage rescue team. And he's the one who gave me the language check commands for the dogs. And he's the one who gave me that and a little bit of their mission. But otherwise, that's probably my least researched. As far as the FBI piece, the fourth book in that series is about a bomb dog. And so I really had to find out what do you do on a bomb squad and what, what does that look like and what kind of tools you use and that kind of thing. So I was fortunate enough to be able to talk to a guy at a Citizens Academy that worked on their bomb squad. And so he helped me a lot with that kind of thing. So it's Amazing. a lot of fun. So as you, and I wanted to say concoct, but that's, that's fine. These stories, what's the genesis and what gets you going down a path where you can actually expand on your idea of the outline of your books? Sure. What usually happens for me is along about three quarters of the way through a book that I'm currently writing, I I'll come across maybe true crime story or some kind of story that just really excites me, whether it's the crime itself or how the criminal was caught or anything that just strikes me. And my mind just mulls on that. It's usually I start with the crime and then I back out from there. That's where I get my... There's a lot of great material out there. Oh my goodness. Yes, there is. Unfortunately, right? No, it is. It is unfortunate. It truly is. I'm always perplexed as to how these people get away with what they get away with, or even more importantly what makes them the way they are. And I think that's partly what fascinates me, the whole psychological piece of crime. Like, why are you doing this? And what makes you feel like you need to express your anger or your frustration at the world in this way? Hopefully I delve into that piece. All of my stories have justice and a happy ending because I like happy endings and I want all the criminals to be caught. It's just how they do it is the catch. Yeah, no doubt. I have a nephew who really loves those kind of stories and movies Mm -hmm. and series and things of that nature. He tells me 
about them. And I'm thinking, what was in their mind that made them think that they could actually get away with this? Yeah. So many broken people, I think. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I knew you were going to say <laughs> Only because I just read Brene Brown's book and Martha Beck's book. And it's so obvious that there are things that happen or trauma that happens in our lives that really impacts us. And we don't even know it until right. later on. And that's pretty sad. That's sad. But let's get happy. Let's get okay. happy. Back to happy. Happy endings for sure. So when you're actually in the process of writing and then you publish, or do you self-publish all your books or are you working with a publisher? I do. I self-publish all my books and I do because I'm impatient and also like to have complete control of my career. The thing about that is, yes, you make more money actually, and you have more control, but with that comes all the responsibility as well. So you have to do all the advertising and all of the marketing and all of that too. So if you have an entrepreneur heart, then self-publish. If you don't, maybe it's better to go with a publisher. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. You can try to get an agent and go with one of the big publishers that route, or there's more and more popping up all the time of smaller publishers that you don't even necessarily need an agent for. You can just reach out to them and they'll decide if they want to take you on. And so there's just a million ways to get published now. I just prefer the independent publishing. for sure. So with the independent publishing that you're doing, Jody, how do you select that type of path or entity? Is it all on Amazon or are there other ways to self-publish? There are other ways. My books are strictly on Amazon right now. The reason for that is because I'm also on Kindle Unlimited, which is a sort of a it's almost like a library program for readers. They pay once a month and then they read as many books as they want to. So people who read really fast or love to just consume books, it's a great thing for them. I get paid then by the pages, the pages read from my books. And as long as that number is more than what I'm making on eBooks, which it is, but I have to be exclusive to Amazon to be in that program. Many other authors are what we call wide, published wide. And they're so they're published not just on Amazon, but also on Kobo, which is a similar organization in Canada, on Apple and Google. And oh gosh, there's a whole ton that I'm not even aware of because I don't do it yet. But yeah, there, you can get into Barnes and Noble and Walmart and all of those things you can do. I do have my paperbacks are accessible anywhere, but that's less people are buying paperbacks these days, but they can, like a bookstore can order my books. So that's helpful too. Yeah. I was surprised when I did a Google search of my book that was available in Walmart. I, didn't know. I know you're like, Hey, wait, I didn't know it was at all. Have you done any audio books? Yes. My FBI series is all in audio and my first two books in the, my 10 star series are in audio. The second one isn't out yet. I'm editing it right now. So it should be out in a couple of weeks. I will put that whole series in audio too. Did you go through ACX? Yes. Okay. And I am a rare voice, actually, that is, I think, from what I hear from my community, most people don't want to be exclusive with ACX because they just are kind of picky. They don't let you choose your own prices and it's just sticky. But I sell so much more through ACX. My first book I put through an organization called Find Away Voices, and they're fantastic to work with, and they will distribute your audiobook wide. So I did that with my first book, but I don't sell very many books through them. And so I prefer to stick with Amazon or for ACX. ACX for just for that reason. With the connection with Amazon, with ACX, I think it would make sense. Yeah, so they have a huge distribution, so it makes sense for me. I like it. All of it is a big learning curve, but you just have to be patient with yourself. You'll get there. Absolutely. So let's talk about your favorite book. Do you have any favorites of the books that you've written that you really got a lot of joy from, or even maybe the feedback from your readers put a smile on your face? Yes. Gosh, I think my favorite book is, I have favorite books in different series. My favorite book is my 
my first book in my Flint River series, which isn't a canine book, but it's, it's actually about a woman who does equine therapy. When I was about 40, I had a business called Horses Healing Hearts, where I worked with at-risk teens with their social workers. So it was through the social work program in Denver. And we worked with their kids out in the arena doing therapy, but only instead of in an office, it's out in the arena with horses. And it's fantastic work, really powerful therapy. And so the protagonist in that book is inspired by that work. And so she, of course, then there's a crazy person trying to kill her because that's what I like to write. But so she runs away and finds herself in Montana and ends up working with a guy who used to be in the Marine Corps and he was in Afghanistan and now he's home and he's dealing with PTSD while also trying to raise a teenage girl on his own. And so she helps him work through that and helps his daughter work through some of her issues. So that was probably the most personal book and meaningful to me. My husband was a Marine too, and it's just that connection was powerful for me. So I love that book. In my FBI series, there's a book called Concealed Cargo, and that book is about human trafficking. And the research on that was devastating and heartbreaking and awful. But I really felt called to bring that story to light and to just let people know that this is really prevalent in our everyday America. It's not just people from other countries, and it's not just happening in other countries. It happens here all the time in small towns and large. And uh, I just really wanted to get that message out. It's not terribly graphic as much as it is emotional. It's definitely emotional. And I think it's powerful. And I think it had a message and was able to donate a lot of proceeds from that book to organizations that help people coming out of that life. And so that means a lot to me. My most fun is the series I'm working on now. And I think my readers love it too. It's just a lot of fun. The dog is called Renegade and he's just a character and just super loyal and fierce and amazing. And so he's a lot of fun to Right. So do you have any thoughts or any hopes about a screenplay? Oh, sure. Of course. Whether that ever happens or not, I don't know. I have a man who lives down the way from me. He has a production company and he's always trying to get me to write the screenplay. So I sat down to start the FBI series because there's a lot of action and that kind of thing. It's harder than you think. I'm impressed by these screenplay writers. As a novelist, I can write all sorts of emotions and things I can tell you and even describe them. But to leave all of that out and just hope that an actor is going to pick up on that. Daunting to me. It's hard. It's a new learning curve. And I love to learn. So it's a, a new opportunity. I'm working on it. Who knows if it'll ever get picked up. A series or something on one of the streaming networks or something like that would be great. There is so much programming. I know tons. And they're voraciously hungry for it. So hopes, yeah. hopefully that'd be really cool. Yeah, because on the national or the channels that we're accustomed to, I can tell you right now, I barely watch those channels. Everything that I watch when I do watch is streamed. Me too. I don't even turn on our regular TV anymore. <laughs> I don't like commercials. Do you belong to any networks or any communities of writers? I do. I belong to Novelist Inc., which is a group of novelists who've been around for a little while and have a little bit of experience under their belt. And also Sisters in Crime, which is really fun. That's a national organization that anyone who writes any kind of suspense or mystery or anything, so it's a broad brush, can belong. And we meet once a quarter and have really just gosh, great people come in and talk for people who are writing that kind of thing. So maybe they'll have a detective come in or a coroner or something like this, and they come in and answer all the questions that you might have. And so those are fantastic. It's also really necessary to have somebody out there that knows what you're going through, that knows the frustrations of writing, and you can get together with and laugh over it with or get ideas and all of that. It's fantastic to belong. What's your opinion of writing in your voice versus as my sister would say, the King's English. 
right? Everybody starts out with the King's English of some sort, some way they think they're supposed to sound as a writer. The more you write, the more you just start saying it like you would. And that's your voice. It's not mysterious. It's not this thing that you try to learn. Just settle down and write like you speak. And then you might need to clean up some things here and there. But for the most part, that is your voice. Yeah. And anymore, I think that was more true in the past, but anymore, I think people really want to hear you coming through, especially in nonfiction. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about readers clubs, book clubs and things like that? Have you been in touch with any of the book clubs that are nationally? I belong to a book club. We select books and then we spend time reading them chapter by chapter, talking about them, how they impacted us, what we think about them and then getting everyone's point of view. And one person would say, this is what I got out of that. This is the way I think it was going. And it's really a wonderful connectivity. And I think it's the coolest thing. I do too. I love book clubs. I don't belong to one right now. I spoke only at one book club, which was a fantastic experience for me. So I have a theory about art, any kind of art, but in this case, we're talking about writing, where I think that the creator of whatever the art piece is, is the first half, but the art isn't complete until it's received by someone, whether it's someone reads it or someone views it in the, on the wall or whatever the art is. And their interpretation of it is the second half. And so all of the interpretations are right, even if it isn't anything that the author intended in the first place. And everybody comes at it from their own perspective. And so for me to hear all these different perspectives, it's just such a blessing. It's so much fun. And I mean, people think your characters look completely different than you think they look. And some people talk about your characters like they're real people. And they'll say, she was upset about that. And she probably thought this or that or the other thing. (laughs) You're thinking, okay, sure. But whether it was what I thought or not doesn't matter because it's culminated in their experience and they enjoyed it. And so it's just a neat thing to be able to experience as an author going to a book club. Do you ever hear from your readers? All the time. Absolutely. Yeah. So of course, reviews, you get the reviews and you hear from them. Those are really more reviews given for other readers. So I don't spend a lot of time reading through my reviews, but I have a newsletter. And of course, the people that are on that receive my newsletter want to be there. And so they'll email me or get back and forth to me. I have a Facebook group. I'm in that a lot. So it's fun because that's more of a back and forth. It's just a little bit more intimate. So that's a lot of fun. It's just neat. It's really fun to see that people are out there and enjoying what you do. And that's really just cool. That is very cool. Let's switch gears for a second. And I'd like to talk about the discipline that it takes to really begin the writing process and stick mm-hmm. with it. What has your experience been with the discipline of that? Because you hear many writers say you have to write or you should write every single day. I think that you find your own stride. I think that you absolutely have to sometimes put your butt in the chair. And even if you don't want to, like you show up, it's a profession. If that's what you want it to be. If it's just a hobby, you don't have to do that, but I have deadlines and stuff. So I have a time where I sit down and write. I write five days a week, usually. Sometimes I don't, but mostly I do. Some days I get thousands and thousands of words. Some days it might be 500 words that were wrenched out of my soul because I just don't feel like it that day or whatever. But I think that the discipline is important if you want to move forward and if you want to actually accomplish a book. It's a ton of words and a lot of time. It just depends on what your goal is. But I think if you really want to be a writer, that you have to spend the time doing it. And I'm super disciplined and organized that way. I'm a, they call there's a, a pantser or a plotter. I'm a dyed in the wool plotter. I plot out everything. I don't know how people can write suspense or mystery without a plot because you have so many things you have to be sure you hit along the way, but people do. There's no way I could do it. So I do an extensive outline, which really helps me sit down and write the book. I know where I'm going to go from today. I know what I'm writing. So it takes away the question or the worry about the blank page and that kind of. Do you also 
outline your chapters and then build it out from there. What's that process like for you? I follow a beat structure. So I want to have certain points in the full story. So they're not necessarily chapters. They're just more like high points or low points, things, actions that I need to have happen and like the climax and that kind of thing. From there, I break it into scenes and I sort of outline scenes with a sort of goal motivation click. So what does my character want going into the scene? Why do they want it? And why can't they have it? And what change did they make in that scene? They need to change. They need to have some kind of, they need to be different at the end of the scene than they were coming into it, even if it's a minor change. And so I do that for each scene. And then they seem to flow together. I just get a feel for where I want the chapter break to go. So I don't really outline that specific chapter. Have you ever coached anyone? No, I haven't. Not for writing anyway. There's an organization called 20 Books to 50K and they have a Facebook page and there's a ton of information on there. They have a conference once a year in Las Vegas in November and it used to be all indie authors. Their whole conference is like the business of writing. And so it's fantastic for that. There's so much and a lot of the vendors like Amazon shows up and Draft2Digital shows up and Vellum, all these different vendors and things that are helpful as an author. I think there's craft, depending on what genre you want to write. And even for nonfiction, there are groups out there that you can join and some of them are online. And I think there's a lot of ways that you can go before you're paying someone to help you. And I just feel like at the beginning, paying for all of this stuff that depends on what your own finances are. But for me, I didn't want to spend money in a career that I didn't know I was going to do for sure. So when I started, I was just all about the best bang for my buck. And you can find these different organizations. There's a lot of courses that you can take that might be a little less than an actual coach. There's SPF, self-publishing formula. Dot com. And it's a couple of guys, they come from England, but they have a course. It's ads for authors 101. It's a fantastic course and they update all their courses all the time. And it's a lifetime membership. So it wasn't cheap, but I have lifetime access and he does courses on everything, like how to write the book and on different crafts. And then he has all of the different marketing platforms, how to do a newsletter, how to do all of it. Everything's on there. They have one on TikTok, they have Instagram, anything you can imagine. They have a course and it, they continue to update it, which is just absolutely great. And I think I learned probably most of my business skills with that class. That's amazing. I know there's a lot on Amazon and uh, they've got their own teaching series, if you will, but uh, that's amazing. That's great information. I appreciate you sharing that. Sure. I appreciate you sharing that. So as you look at the landscape of where you are right now in this chapter of your life and the experiences that you've had, what's the big thing that you've been thinking about that's next for you? I have in my mind, I'm thinking about starting a sort of a business. It'll start with the book, of course, but I have a heart for creative people that feel like they maybe are afraid to put their art out into the world because they're afraid it's not good enough or they're afraid of judgment. The other, on the other side of that, you have other creatives who feel blocked a lot of times. And I just have this theory that we're not actually blocked as much as we have forgotten that our being should be joy and fun and not always business. And we can kill the love of it pretty quick if we just make it a grind. And so I want to do a fun sort of vendor and a place where people can feel free to experiment and try new creative things. I think for me, when I feel like I can't write or I have nothing to say to this blank page, if I go paint a picture instead, then I'm ready to come back and write. So there's something about jumpstarting that creativity with a different form of creativity. And so I'm toying around with doing something like that and maybe monthly get together or maybe subscription boxes of some sort that 
come and there's something we can play with that's new that you've never tried and just try new things. That would be something yeah. to actually develop a little further. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I love that suddenly all my kids moved away and now I have this whole new life. It's exciting. Sometimes I think, wait, didn't I want to retire? But I don't. I, why would you want to do that? There's so much to do, so much learning, so much living to do, so many people to meet, so much fun to have. That's amazing. I like that subscription box. Can you imagine something like this where your drivers get a box of whatever it is, and then they create something from the box and then get together and share what it was that they create. Now, that would be something. Wouldn't that be fun? That's what I want to do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see yeah. that. I can see that. I certainly appreciate your time. I'm going to ask you one last question. And sure. This is flipping it around. Okay. So what's the question that I didn't ask you? Gosh, you asked so many good questions. I don't know. You asked me all sorts of great questions. You covered the board. I really think you did. And also because you're a writer, you knew you know where to go. I'm a writer. Thank you. One book. Absolutely. And you know what? Even if you never have a book, I would say this to your listeners, even if you never have a book and you're a writer, we always want to hold this sort of label up. That's a good question. How do I feel about that? Is, Is we hold those labels up like they're unattainable or like you have to accomplish something to get there. If you write, you're a writer. If you paint, you're a painter. It doesn't matter. Maybe you sell your stuff. Maybe you don't. That's just a different thing. That just is turning what you do into a business. But yeah, absolutely. You're a writer and you have a book published. You are a writer. That's awesome. Lots more to learn, though, in terms of following the path that you took, the business of the business with the marketing and advertising and things of that nature and making it all come together. Yes, absolutely. So that's the other side of the whole deal. Again, I appreciate your time and letting us spend this time with you today. Thanks so much, Jody. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was great fun. I have three free books on my website. If anybody wants to check out the writing and my website is jody-burnett.com. So go ahead and check those out. They're free for you if you want. I'll make sure that information is in the notes for the show. Great. Thank you. Okay. And that way folks can reach out to you via your website. This has been a lot of fun, Jeanette. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning. <laughs>